Hey, good afternoon. Welcome in to the 573 Report here on Power Mizzou on a Wednesday afternoon. That is when we generally do this show. And uh, I want to welcome you in before we get into things and bring Mitchell Forty in and talk about uh, to-be-determined topics. I uh, want to uh, point out 573Ts. Uh, is the place you need to go for all your Mizzou apparel and also other, you know, kind of tangentially related apparel, Columbia, uh, Missouri stuff. They've got some Royals, Chiefs cards, all kinds of good stuff for you. But um, this week, actually, they tweeted out, uh, I I think most of you probably saw the fan at the Missouri game holding the Missouri Tennessee game holding this sign that said I'm sad um, 573T's found that fan and uh, made a t-shirt along with him so you can get a black and gold I'm sad t-shirt which you know what might come in handy at times over uh, the next few days and weeks and months uh, so go do that you can also get uh, some power Mizzou gear at their site 573T's.com slash collections slash power mizzou i'm gonna bring mitch in before i have to say the word collections again which for some reason i always really struggle with so uh i don't know mitch do you have some words you want to say that you can pronounce correctly um yeah i mean hopefully all of them (laughs) i I try to pronounce things correctly i have caught myself lately whenever i'm talking about the quarterback ish burdine slash burdine i think it's actually burdine i just say each equal numbers of times yes like on a radio interview last week i said his name four times and i said burdine twice and burdine twice so there you go i'm just trying to you know help you out i uh i i have a problem knowing when to use effect with an e and effect with an a yeah so i use yeah, that's a tough one i usually use influence when yeah. <laughs> when i'm not sure which one it is sure um, impact yeah yes. something else yeah I, yeah I i just uh cover my tracks so um speaking of uh speaking of five seven three t's in the lead in um a lot of missouri fans still kind of sad after last week i feel like i i, I think though that and i'm not I, we don't need to go over last week anymore but I really just think this whole season and this the whole tenor of this fan base right now is being so impacted by how bad the Tennessee game was. I mean, if they had lost that Tennessee game 35-31, people would be bummed out a little bit, but it wouldn't be like this. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, that was, you know, especially after two, you know, you, you the two losses before, you know, as you kind of touched on the one one score losses where you can say, yeah, one or two plays go differently. We're right there. That 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 game was over from like the third snap. I mean, it was a complete beatdown against the team, you know, of the three power five teams Mizzou's played that you would have most expected to beat. I mean, no one really thought Tennessee was going to be very good. And while they're putting up decent numbers, I still don't think they're all that special. You know, yeah. I still think Mizzou probably should, I mean, should be able to beat them at home more often than not so yeah i mean i i definitely i understand why fans feel that way i mean that's the type of game where it's going to take a while to get the taste out of your mouth um you know it'll probably dilute a little bit as we get more data points and you know more games on the season maybe mizzou beats a team it wasn't supposed to that that'll help but also at the same time i mean you and i both know that there there are losses like that 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 fans will hold on to and bring up for legitimately decades what year is it 2021 by 2080, I think nobody will talk about that Tennessee game. I'm not actually sure that's true. Somebody might. Um, (laughs) Jim Bob wants to know if they do not teach effect and affect at the J school. Um, I think I was absent that day, um, honestly. (laughs) But also, like, 
this isn't the greatest week to talk about what is and is not taught in sports media, maybe. So, yeah. um, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know. It's all optional this week. Book that had that in it. I, you know, sometimes it's hard to memorize all those things. Yeah. You, you forget. Yeah, if, if you do have questions and comments, please feel free to throw them in. Like I said, we don't have a – we're kind of freewheeling here. Um, So any of your comments and, and we'll go. But uh, I find it good that our first question came from Jim Bob in the, the week that Missouri plays Jimbo. Um, you know, he looks kind of like a Jim Bob to me, to be quite honest. He uh, was discussing on the SEC teleconference how difficult of a place Missouri is to play. And we decided in the pre-show meeting that we don't think he has ever actually coached in a game here. Yeah, definitely not as a head coach. Like it's possible at some point as an assistant or a staffer or somehow he has been doing, you know, a game in Columbia. But uh, he also might just be, you know, he, he might have just looked at like past meetings between Texas A&M and Mizzou, seen Texas A&M has lost to Mizzou a few times and been like, oh, that's something I can, nice I can say about Mizzou, even <laughs> right. though I don't mean it, along with every single thing else. Yeah, I mean, look, Missouri has frankly been really tough on Texas A&M. I think they got R.C. Slocum fired. I'm pretty sure they got Mark, Mike McCarthy fired. Um, Kevin Sumlin got himself fired, so I'm not going to give Missouri right. credit for that one. But um, they, they have been tough on A&M over the years. Before we get into any actual talk about this game, you know, I've listened to Jimbo talk a little bit this week, and I watched him beat Alabama, and I wasn't very happy about that because I think on the list of – SEC head coaches that I don't know and yet don't like, I think Jimbo Fisher is number one. Um, really? Wow. Yeah. I, 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 he's always bugged me, and I don't know why. And so he is ahead of Dan Mullen only because I didn't know Dan Mullen was so dislikable until like a year ago. Jimbo has yeah. just always seemed dislikable to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with Jimbo. I mean, like, he, you know, he's a, you, you hear a little bit too much about him. He's probably a little overhyped, although, yeah, I mean, he won a national title. That's yeah. that's significant. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But like, you know, he's definitely overpaid. Um, you, you know, he yes. things kind of went south of Florida State and they still paid him a bazillion dollars to come to AM. But like, I, at no point have I ever found myself like disliking him other than if I have to transcribe him. He talks way too fast. I cannot imagine covering him every day. I think I'd move jobs because of that alone. I find myself usually disliking him. The exception was when he basically everybody knew he was leaving Florida State because he took a, a news station, saw him taking his Christmas tree to the curb, I believe prior to Christmas, right? Yeah, it was like mid-December. Yeah, so that was, in my book, that was Jimbo Fisher's best day. Um, I, yeah. I like that. So, but uh, like, all due credit to him. And I think actually the reason I don't like him is because I just don't like Texas A&M very much. I never have. Um, and uh, I don't really hide that. Um, and that's okay. Um, but all due credit to him. I mean, they pulled this thing out of somewhere last week and, and beat Alabama. and they So I think they showed what their ceiling is. And that was the team that everybody had ranked, you know, number five or six or whatever it was in the preseason. And so that automatically means Missouri fans are going, well, we're screwed. Look, look what they did. They're great. They're going to kill us. I mean, still, that game represents 16% of A&M season. And the other 83%? They have not been anything close to that team. Yeah, for sure. We talked about it Monday. I mean, it's just kind of part of the deal in college football. Like, you know, you're dealing with 18 to 22-year-old kids. Weird things happen. And, you know, you get into a big game environment like that. They they come focused, ready to play, make some plays. I mean, like, stuff like that can happen. 
same type of thing could happen for Mizzou this weekend. I'm not saying it will, but it could. And yeah, a And M, they're definitely a very flawed team. And I think I, I, I really do think that them winning that game actually gives Missouri a better yeah. chance than it probably would have otherwise. Again, still not predicting Mizzou to win. I cannot go that far. I, I still think Texas A and M is able to hand the ball off, which is really all that it takes to beat right. Missouri. But I, I do think that there's a decent chance they come in somewhat hungover from that win. Yep. They're definitely going to be physically beat up. I mean, they, you know. They've, they've had a lot of injuries all year, but you come off a of play in Alabama, you had Zach Calzada leave the game for a hot second, CJ Spiller's beat up. I mean, like, you know, there's definitely a, there's definitely a chance that they're, you know, just physically uh, a little bit, you know, come in a little bit sluggish and it should be a big game for Mizzou where, you know, I think like the LSU game last year, we're going to see, you know, Drinkwitz kind of pull out, go into his bag of tricks a little bit and, and uh, maybe that gives Mizzou a spark. So, yeah, I'm not saying, again, not predicting Mizzou's going to win, but, like, I, I could definitely see this game being competitive. Yeah, I think the hangover thing is real. Um, we see it all the time. Uh, you know, team believes it's press clippings a little bit and comes out and, and is flat the next week. And I think especially at 11 a.m. in a stadium that's, you know, going to be two-thirds full or whatever, I, I certainly think that's possible. Um if I'm and I kind of tried to get Drinkwitz to to say this yesterday and and he basically denied it, which doesn't surprise me. But if I'm Drinkwitz, like the whole week is, they did it. Why not you? Mm-hmm. Like why you know why can't you be this team that pulls an upset that has everybody talking about it and and if not now when you know I mean. Uh, because again, I don't think this is a great team that's coming in. A lot of things set up. I, I think this is a, even if they don't win the game, I think it would be very disappointing if you see a team that you don't say, man, those dudes were up for that game and they they really put it out there. Yeah, I totally agree. And and there's been a lot of talk about energy and effort. And frankly, I think probably too much talk for a, an SEC football team. You know, this week, the coaches have all been talking about, you know, we, we came back from that Tennessee game and we played with great energy and effort. And the players have said that, too. And that's great. But that should be the bare minimum. I mean, like, I, I can't get behind like, oh, my gosh, everything's turned around because we just figured out how to play with energy and effort. That should always happen. Right. But yes, I do think that we, you know, we saw against Tennessee what happens if that's not there. I would not expect that to be the case. I definitely think that you know yeah the team should come out fired up they should come out knowing maybe they're gonna you know maybe they're gonna throw a gadget player or two out there maybe they they have something up their sleeves I think that they will be definitely fired up I, I know it's an 11 a.m game but I would expect there to be probably the biggest crowd we've seen this season so yeah no I, I agree I think that you know home field and and the early game and all that should should help Missouri also isn't it being oversold how much better they played last week Oh yeah. Like, so I, I, mean, I started off that and in the, the, you know, kind of the, the hours after that North Texas game, I was actually a little taken aback by some of the negativity, you know, on the board and from the fan base and stuff. And like, I understood sort of where I was coming from, but I was like, look guys, they, you know, they won the game. They were winning 41, 14 with nine minutes left. It was well in control. And then things got a little out of hand, you know, like settle down. They, they did what they needed to do, but in the days since, it's gone a little overboard, I think, from the coaches of just like, yeah, we took some big steps forward and this and that. Like, no, you played a bad team. Like, it's okay. You don't have to be upset about it. You don't have to, like, continue to trash the players and, like, you know, act like you just got beat again. Uh, but I don't think you need to act like, oh, my gosh, we just took this big step forward and figured everything out. And they, they haven't said that. They, you know, they've said, like, you know, it was progress, not perfection, still a lot of things we need to do better, yada, yada, yada. I also do, though, I, I think that at some point it needs to be, like, at, I and co- I don't I, I say mentioned coaches and players wouldn't say this but like 
it was North Texas. It was right. a bad Conference USA team. It it just doesn't. I don't think it really means much of anything either way, positive or negative. Well, and, and this kind of goes to you know, we go to these press conferences and they say what it, it, it's clear. Eli Drinkwood starts every week with, "Hey, here's going to be my message." You know, and this is what I'm going to talk about at the press conference. And every time I'm asked a question, this is kind of what it's going to come back to. And this week's uh, this week's message was clearly, "Hey, I thought we had energy and we were very competitive, and I saw a lot of things, a lot of a lot of good things versus last week, especially on the defensive line." I've seen. I know there are a few sites out there. Our old Miss site does it, is where I saw it. But I've seen a few other people do it too. After press conferences, they write what he said and what he meant. You know, mm-hmm. and look, he can say that all he wants. I don't have to write it. I, I don't have to write the story that, that that they have all this energy and we're so much more competitive because, again, like you said, trying is the least I expect. And now, just because you didn't try last week, <laughs> like, that doesn't mean just trying gets you, you know, kudos and and nice stories. We can still talk about how you didn't super try last week without going overboard about this week. And again, I've gone to enough press conferences, whatever. They can say what they want. And it, it doesn't bother me a whole lot. It's just a little bit, let's be a little bit smarter than to think everything is fixed or everything is even significantly better. Right. hundred percent. I'm not trying to rip Drinkwitz or Steve Wilkes or these people for saying that stuff. I yeah. get why they did it. I mean, these, you know, players at a certain point probably need to hear their coaches say like, you know, oh yeah, my players are capable, by the way. I know that I've mentioned like, you right. know, yeah, I don't build this thing overnight, but the guys on my roster are capable of winning games. That probably goes a long way. But yes, we also don't have to, you know, regurgitate what they say and tell you all like, oh guys, guess what? They're fixing it. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Uh, so Cam actually brings up a, a good point and I hadn't really thought a whole lot about this but he says need a better start can't get hit like a truck uh like against Kentucky and Tennessee and honestly against BC too I mean they have played from behind all year it seems like I don't know what the what the numbers say you know and and I don't care about North Texas and I don't care about SEMO I don't really even care about Central Michigan but in the three games against power five teams I would be willing to bet that out of 180 minutes I'd bet Missouri's trailed for 140 of them, minimum. Uh, something like that. Yeah. I mean, clearly all 60 against Tennessee. I don't think they were trailing that long against BC, right? I think, I I feel like it was like, I don't know. I feel like BC scored those 10, it was like tied at halftime. BC scored those 10 straight points. Trailed most of the second half. Most of the second. But I don't think Mizzou ever trailed in the first half at all. Okay. Um, but still, it's still probably close because they trailed the whole game against Kentucky and the whole game against Tennessee. So you're still probably did, about there. Did they never lead against Kentucky? Is that right? I don't think so. Okay. No, because they were down fourteen nothing. So oh yeah, right, no, I don't think right. they led. Yeah, and I mean they certainly never led against Tennessee. So. And that also, yeah, no, I, that sorry, also kind of leads to, yeah, Connor Basilak's top ten in the country in passing, but like. They're throwing the ball 11 billion times a game because they're behind 14 nothing in the first quarter. For sure, for sure. I actually uh, found a stat today, and now I don't have it in front of me because I'm, I'm, it's going to be included in my story tomorrow, though. But I think the number one indicator of of success under Missouri under Eli Drinkwitz for Missouri teams has been how effectively they run the ball. Now, you could argue that is more of a symptom than it is a cause. Right. Like, you know, they're running the ball more effectively in games they win because they're playing from a lead versus playing from behind. But it's something like 
three t- they're in, in in two seasons they're averaging I think something about three times more yards per game and two times more yards per carry in wins than losses wow. and that's over now 15 16 games yeah, yeah. 16 games so I, I mean I definitely think that 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 kind of shows that this offense is not meant to to drop back and throw the ball 50 times yeah and I'm not uh sure that this is the best week for Missouri's running game uh, yeah yeah that's yeah yeah, I, uh, that's part of why, you know, I keep saying like, yeah, I think this could be competitive. I think some things line up for Mizzou, but ultimately when I go back and look, I just, I really think Missouri is going to get dominated on both lines of scrimmage. I mean, Texas A&M's offensive line is yeah. nothing special. They've got some true freshmen there, but I mean, we know Mizzou's defensive line. It's, it's made a lot of not special squads look special. And then A&M's defensive front is legit. And, you know, they had four sacks against Bama last week. They're top 20 in the country in both sacks and tackles for loss on the season. And like low key Mizzou's offensive line has been struggling a little bit of late. I, I don't yeah. think it's looked its best the past couple games. So I think it could be hard to find some running room Saturday. Yeah. Um, and so I just kind of want to wrap up the football part of this with this. I mean, can they make a bowl game if they lose Saturday? They can, but and, I think and not five and seven cheap bowl oh, no, game, no, no, and that no, doesn't no, count. Yeah, de- yes, definitely not counting that. No, six and six, I, they can, but I start to say it, there's almost no way. I mean, like you know, yes, they could beat South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Arkansas, but I would be I'd be so surprised. I guess it could be you know one of Arkansas or Florida, because really Florida at home might be about in November might be about as likely a win as as at Arkansas. But yeah, I I, I don't think so. I I think if if they, you know, if they lose Saturday, I would say the chances of making a bowl game are under 15%. Yeah. And that's a, I can't remember if we talked about it here. Or I was talking about it somewhere else, but I mean, that's where Missouri has struggled so much in the last few years is it's not that the final record is 500. It's that halfway through the season, you already know you're playing for nothing. And, and in every year, it seems like Missouri's September and particularly October records have been really, really bad the last few years. And it just knocks all the wind out of the sails. And this winning this game would turn a whole lot of that around because look what they got out of the LSU game last year, even though like we kind of now know low key that LSU was awful, <laughs> but I, I, it doesn't matter. I mean, at the time that was a huge win and they got a lot out yeah. of that. And, and this game I think could do similar things. Um, I, uh, I, I did post a link on the board that uh, Matt Norlander's in the middle of ranking all 358 Division One basketball teams. I was curious if you wanted to take the next 10 minutes or so to rank all 358 Division One basketball teams. Uh, I don't. I don't even. I could not even name all 358 oh, Division One basketball teams. So I. I do not think. I think I'll pass on that. If you sat down and like with a piece of paper, no Google machine or anything in front of you, and I just said, write down as many Division One basketball teams as you possibly can. How many? Like I gave you, I don't know, twenty minutes. How many do you think you'd get? Oh man, I don't know. I feel like on the spot like that twenty minutes, I'd start. I I wouldn't you'd do kind as of well. freak out. Like, I, if I had like a day to think about it, I'd be like, oh yeah, that entire league exists. Right. I, I bet. I bet I could get to two hundred. I was I was gonna say. I maybe could get half of them. Yeah. You know, I bet I could get 
200 to 250 in that range. But then also I would just start naming school. Like I would just start <laughs> right. saying things like Northwest Arkansas. I don't know if there's a Northwest Arkansas, but like right. you, there's a you chance. You have every direction of every state listed and some right. of them would be right. Exactly. And I would just say like Centenary. I don't know if they're Division One <laughs> or not, but I know they're a school. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, but uh, I guess what are we like three weeks from basketball season? Something like that. Uh, the, November think- 9th. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, I mean, four weeks, four yeah. weeks, I think. Yeah. I, uh, a is little it, under. Is yeah. it a school rule that Missouri opens every season now with Central Michigan? <laughs> I think maybe it is, which is kind of wild. I mean, that was if you're going to think of one non-conference team, like both uh, school, both teams, both teams would play. It would probably be like, I don't know, an in-state localish school. But now Mizzou yeah. and Central Michigan, permanent rivals. All right. Well, yeah, look, uh, I don't know, kind of a weird week, and uh, we, we said we didn't come in really with a plan. Uh, Mitchell is going over to Media Day. Um, we can once again vouch any quotes that appear in his story will actually have been said, and um, he's got to get done writing so he can send the story over to Eli Drinkwitz for final edit and approval before it goes on Power Mizzou. So. Yeah, I, the story would be significantly more interesting if I could make up the quotes. Can I start doing that? Um, is that cool with you? Maybe just start a different site, like Missouri.rivals.com instead of Missouri. (laughs) And it just whatever you want to post over there. I don't use a pen name. Uh, Yeah. Post it as. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Post it as Taylor Made or uh, something like that. That'd be good. Um, All right. We got, hang on. We got one quick question we'll take before we get out of here from Dustin. Uh, Do you think that having a quote bad season by whoever's definition you want to use is worse in a year like this? where there's more parody than normal. Um, I, I see what he's asking. Like you look around and go, well, if Kentucky wins, they're in the playoff. Wouldn't this be a nice year for that to be us? And it would be, but I mean, that was never on the table for Missouri this year. Yeah. I don't know that it's the more parody that makes it a little harder to stomach, but I'm sure it's a, a little bit tough to see some, a few other like second year coaches and particularly, you know, one who's Missouri's rival doing good things. I mean, you know, Arkansas obviously is, is, has had a really good season. You know, you could go outside of the league and look at like Michigan state, um, you know, really good season under a second year coach. And I, I don't, I'm not, I, I don't view that as a knock on, on Eli Drinkwitz and Mizzou. Every job is different. And, you know, you do have to, I mean, you know, every school's got a different level of talent. He's got to build this thing. And I, I was fully prepared to give him time to do that. But I can see how as a fan that maybe hurts your psyche a little bit more. Yeah, uh, because you do look at the years where you say, all right, well, Kentucky got Florida. Maybe Florida's a little bit down. Maybe when we're good, Florida's not going to be down. And, you know, I, I get the I get the line of thought, but I think, you know, if you were if you're hoping for eight wins, which I don't think was I don't think eight wins was unreasonable coming into this season. If you thought eight and four, I, I think that's fair. Anything above that, I think, was a little unreasonable. But if you came in hoping for eight and four and you're going to end up five and seven, like I think you're just going to be frustrated no matter what. I don't think it matters yeah. what any other team does. It's also worth noting that, like, this is not the type of year where, like, the East was up there for the taking. I mean, you have the best team in the country in the division. It's not like, you right. know, 2013, 2014, when everyone else was a little down and Mizzou was good at the right time. So, Well, and also what makes football, what makes college football so much, I think, worse um, is that there's no, like, potential light at the end of the tunnel for a team that is struggling or is off to a bad start. Like the other football team I like is off to a dreadful start, but 
there's still a pretty decent chance they're getting in the playoffs and we'll have a chance to make everybody forget everything. In, in mm-hmm. college basketball, if you're sitting, you know, we're what, almost halfway through the season. Well, if you're 8-8 eight and eight through the first half of the season, like it's looking rough, but you also know, hey, we've still got a chance to get in this thing. And there is right. no thing like that for college football. So when you get to October 13th and you've already got three losses, you're just going, well, realistically, it is 10 and a half more months before my team's going to play a meaningful game. And that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, both NFL and, and college basketball, you you get right, hot at the right time, you have a chance to win the whole thing, and that doesn't exist in college football. I totally agree. It's it's tough because, yeah, and, and you, yeah, I think you hit it on the head earlier with that's been an issue for Mizzou a lot. I mean, like almost every year under Barry Odom, I guess 2018 they started 3-0, and but other than that, it's like all their decent wins came in the back half of the schedule when everyone was already kind of checked out, and it was like, oh, yeah, they did that. Okay, that's fine. And then, you know, you kind of build off that in the offseason get people excited again and then they go lose to wyoming or something right. like that like it's just it, it's really it's really been an issue with just giving fans hope past you know september and uh yeah that's a tough that's a tough way to to fill the stadium it's sure. clearly much better to do it like conzo martin's team did last year get in the top 10 get everybody fired <laughs> up and then collapse and have them super pissed off the last two months of the season <laughs> yeah i mean i guess really there's no <laughs> ideal way to do it but at right. least like and the, and the basketball team didn't get to take advantage of it but at least there was a time there where like people were pretty fired up about him like under normal times that Bama game would have been a sellout right and they did enough in that that okay even though the last six weeks of the season weren't good like they still got in and you did have people going hey if we can get by Oklahoma like I know it's probably not going to happen but we get our shot at Gonzaga and what the hell let's say no obviously none of that but but the point is there was something to hope for and there just isn't in college football once you're once you're out of the the race for a conference title. So uh, I don't know. We'll fix college football some other time, man. Yeah, it's just signing day at this point. Just gotta yeah. gotta look forward to yeah. the to the next recruiting class. Hey, six days till Luther Burden Day. So Sean yeah. Sean went ahead and made a prediction. I'll, I'll offer you the chance if you want. Wow. Although we will yeah, have I, an I, we I, will have another show that you're on before then. So if you want to wait, that's yeah. Good. I'll refrain. I will refrain until Luther Burden goes to and from Athens and then see what yes. see what we're saying then. Probably so. good. I All also right. actually I found out this weekend that my mom and grandmother are going to be in Athens this weekend. My uh, my brother is in graduate school down there, so okay. I told them to give me the scoop if they run into Luther Burden. I'm sure I, they'll be running in the same circles. I, I, your mom and who else is going to be there? My grandma. I want I want Grandma Forty's uh, report on the Tigers' lair on Sunday night. Yeah, for sure. We'll get that to you guys. All right. Thanks, Mitch. We'll talk to you, man. All right. uh, Mitchell Forty joining us, and uh, we're going to let him go. And I'm just going to wrap up by reminding you one more time about 573 Tees. They do have the physical location in downtown Columbia. It's in Alley A between 9th and 10th Street. But they also have the website, 573TEES.com. And uh, if you go there, you can find some Power Mizzou stuff. You can find the I'm Sad t-shirt we were talking about earlier. Uh, you can find a lot of Mizzou gear. I Look, I know you guys are diehard fans. You're still going to wear it. I know you might be disappointed, but you still need some shirts. And so go check out 573 T's, a great local company. Um, and, and they they have really uh, built themselves up here in the last couple years. And uh, we're happy to be partnered with them and be a part of it and appreciate them helping us out on this show every Wednesday as well. 
tomorrow we're going to preview A&M. Friday we're going to make some picks, and then Saturday's game day. Uh, and then we'll, we'll kind of get into a little bit different schedule for the off week. But uh, thanks for joining us today, and we'll be back tomorrow.